0: This is Cortez Radio, CKTZ 89.5 FM. The opinions expressed in the interviews that follow are those of the people expressing them and not necessarily shared by the Cortez Radio Society, its board, staff, volunteers or membership. This is Roy Hales with Cortez Currents. The Old Schoolhouse Gallery will only have one show this year. They cancel their summer season because of COVID, but the artist group has been mulling over some ideas for almost a year now. On September 10th, 2020, they will bring the debate to the public in a show called What Matters Most, Kristen Schofield-Sweet and Orion Lee Johnston. Described the show over tea one afternoon last week. If you listen carefully, you can hear raindrops sprinkling across the roof of Orion's patio. Kristen spoke first.
1: I think that we're in in the community, in the province, in the planet in a remarkable time of pause right now. And we had a so sort of spectacular season last year i think that the gallery has grown from an artists collective artist-run space Orion Lee, you called it a creative chaos at one point which is a lovely description um, in which no one was really in charge it's mostly about member shows about people showing what they wanted when they wanted not a lot of structure And over, I'd say, the last 20 years, the gallery has become more and more professional uh, in in that larger context of exhibitions and a selection committee and a set of procedures and protocols. And in a way, this show is a return to that more community-based, art-based... Just for us kind of an exhibition and in some ways the whole COVID-19 situation has created this pause where we could say as board members as uh, community members who have been involved in the arts well what matters to us what what is it what do we look like as artists here I mean what are people doing Uh, who's emerging what are some young people up to you know and so it's an opportunity to get outside the box. And and we hope that it's a, a real change of view, not just for September, but for some time to come.
0: Orion Lee Johnston.
2: In this show, we purposely chose to wait until September to uh, schedule it, to take it out of the summer tourist season. We didn't know if there would be a tourist season on Cortez in the spring so that it was very clear in September it's for the community and the artists for each other and for our own um, pleasure Mm -hmm. and engagement. And last September, we went through quite um, a comprehensive review of the last 20 years since the founding of the gallery. And that's when the... Title of this show came up we're returning the gallery to the members in a way and and we so it was late fall when the title "What Matters Most came up because this is what matters most to us is the community engagement and as Kristen said, the gallery grew to be you know a beautiful example of a small community professional level gallery in terms of the interior, the exhibition space, the lighting, the quality of the work. And especially the last year and two years, the sales were, you know, right out of the park. And that's not the major function of the gallery at this point. So there was a pinnacle, and we're reassessing, reevaluating, and this is kind of an experiment. Yes. Normally, we have a summer
1: season that begins at the. W- plus or minus around the third week in June and carries on every two weeks uh, through the first part of September. So it tends to include five or six shows. Um, Significantly, there has always been a member show as one of those five or six exhibitions. And in 2019, for both procedural and planning and coordinating reasons. I think almost for the first time in my memory, there was not a membership, show. And so we had, back to Orion Lee's point about a kind of popularity and a huge uptick in involvement. We had lots and lots of applications of proposals for shows in 2019 there were so many good ones and we were going to have to say no to some and that wasn't a position that we have had lots of experience in and we had made a collective decision well then we just won't have a member show and then we can offer one more show to either a group or to an individual artist and it caught our attention it caught lots of the community's attention that there wasn't a member show and so In some ways, when we sat together, as Orion Lee is describing as a board back in last fall, the question we asked ourselves to begin with was, what matters most? It didn't start out as some kind of title for anything. It was our kind of seminal question, what matters most? And we found ourselves saying, the community at the heart, yes, absolutely art, but that includes education, that includes engagement. Uh, and all of those things have been more present, if you will, in the members' show format than they have been for exhibitions by individual artists. So in some ways, the fact that there is only a members' show this year is, I think, very telling of the kind of reflection that the board's been doing and also
2: what we're anticipating becomes a a direction. And I do recall, although it seems historical now, we did do a call for proposals in the new year, anticipating a season, and there were a, a spectrum of wonderful proposals, and we met and considered them, and then it was right at the point where we were going to choose which of these submissions were going to, f- com- you know, do the five or six shows for the season, including a member show, and then the the COVID came, and we thought let's just wait and take a pause. That went on and on and on. So probably you know we took our cues from the other organizations, the museum, other you know situations on Cortez and galleries in other places, and it it was really interesting to just hold back and really make the most of that pause time. And it wasn't until June Mm -hmm. that we went, okay, now if we're going to do something this year, we need to initiate that now. And we didn't want to not be counted. I remember we need to stand up and and have the gallery be present in this particular time and this is the way that it's happening. And I should say and you know Kristen might be more specific about this that there is about two weeks left until the submissions are due and then three plus weeks until the show opens and we reserve the right to pull the plug if COVID cases surge further as they have been in BC. So all of us, regardless of our position, everyone's position in the community is being called to what's to their their ethical standards, I think. So we are monitoring this. We're planning and monitoring as everybody is.
0: Are you going to be masking the floor out every six feet or so?
2: <laughs> I
1: can respond to that. I hope not. It's a beautiful old floor in that old schoolhouse and and it would be worth an entire interview on its own just to talk about the history of that building and the fact that it was the last room one room schoolhouse on the BC coast and it was a brought here as a float house. I mean it's really quite a remarkable building and it is the original floor. Um and much of the structure, in fact, if you just look behind the carefully finished and painted walls, is is old and frail. And no, far as I know, there will not be masking people. <laughs> on the floor. But what we have done, and this you're giving me a good end to talk a little bit about the COVID protocol we are planning on. We absolutely do not want the gallery to somehow be ground zero for what turns out to be a private covid party and in, in which the illness comes onto the island so we're definitely following what dr bonnie henry has suggested we feel quite strongly about that we will only have five or six people in the gallery at a time we absolutely will require masks if you don't bring your own but you're welcome to decorate we will provide you with one undecorated we will have hand sanitizer and disinfectant for the odd doorknob Um, I have a list. What am I forgetting? Oh, and we will keep a uh, contact tracing sheet and just ask for your first name and your phone number. So the artists who are exhibiting traditionally host the gallery. and What that means is that I have a piece in the show, so I'll probably sign up for a two or four hour block in which I'm kind of the person who's greeting you when you come as a visitor. and There'll be a little table under a shade tent outside at which you can receive your free gallery mask or demonstrate that you have your own. And it'll be a matter of the gallery host saying, well, you'll need to wait till somebody comes out so you can go in. Or as they do in the grocery stores here, saying, you're good, go ahead, you know, you're several in the party. There's room for you. So that person is kind of monitoring that flow. And although we don't typically use it, the main gallery has two entrances or two doorways at any rate. And there's the obvious one. And you walk in the foyer and directly ahead of you, there's a gallery door. And we are going to mark that entrance. And you're in the gallery milling about because when people look at art, they don't follow tape. They go look at this, and then they want to go over there and read the artist statement, which we'll talk about in a moment. And then they go back and look at another piece. And then their friend calls them to check this one out. And so it's not something you can do in a kind of lockstep parade. But the other door will be marked exit, so that you're not passing each other through a four-foot door. We certainly hope that people will be sensitive to social distancing, both outside on the lawn and inside. That's why I think we feel quite strongly about masks is that when you're inside the space, please protect everyone, you know, by doing that. But I don't think there's plans for masking tape.
2: Another way that, that's different, that plays into the, the COVID thing is usually there's someone behind the counter in the foyer and they Mm. will take sales they're there for questions so that usual person will be outside and a big difference this year is that there's no sales in the gallery
1: I would actually phrase that a little bit differently, the gallery isn't going to handle sales Mm -hmm. so if I'm an individual artist and you're interested in purchasing my piece, the gallery will have a list of my contact information. So it'll have my name and my email or phone number and the price of the work. And your task is to contact me directly. And as the artist, I can say, absolutely, I'd love to sell it to you. I put my own little red dot on it to show it's sold. And I'm responsible for either delivering it to you or connecting with you to pick up the piece after the show has closed. Typically, in the past the gallery would do that. They would make a record of the sales, they would mark that the piece is sold, and the artist wouldn't be in charge of that. What this also means, which is a huge change for us, is that, therefore, the gallery is not receiving any commission for this show. So even though it costs us money to be open, we're actually not, for this show, taking in any income so that if an artist sells a work they're not paying the gallery a commission they're just taking well it would be great if they wanted to donate something but the gallery is not involved in sales this time and that's that's a huge change and it may well indicate a direction in the future we're trying that out to see how that works
0: so the gallery's only income would be donations
1: of the moment And memberships. You have to be a member to exhibit in the members' gallery, in the members' show. Mind you, and for everyone hopefully listening, it's only $10 a year to be a member. Orion Lee made a comment a a few moments ago about the submissions deadline, and really important just to point out what that is. The work is received at the gallery physically either on September 2nd or September 3rd but an artist who plans to participate needs to let me know e- emailing me at usualmagic@gmail.com, at that you are planning to participate and sending the name of the work whether or not it's for sale your name and um uh, an artist statement to me so I can prepare those materials and sending that information to me is your submission that you're going to participate. So it's just an email notice. And that's what we're talking about when we talk about a submission deadline. And Mm -hmm. that's September 1st. And that's September 1st.
0: Do you expect much of a response?
1: I hope so, is the short answer, but... I wanted to say a little bit about kind of the history of how this usually works, and I think it's more than just Cortez as a community. Is that what happens often is that we'll put forward a show, and it's like you don't hear anything. I've heard from three people. Bless them. But it's like, there's like two weeks to go, and I've only heard from three people. So it's easy to become anxious and go, what if nobody's going to participate? And inevitably, two days before the deadline there's 42 submissions which somehow I have to type all and that's very typical and so it would be great of course if artists out there know they're going to submit something to let me know because it makes my job easier but that tends to happen year after year is that and quite often that sort of Huge enthusiasm of participation that happens just a few days before the deadline indicates the show's bigger than we thought, but we don't know. Artists often not sure which one, they're still working on it, they're talking with somebody else about collaborating but they haven't gotten that figured out yet and it tends to be very in the flow until all of a sudden it's time to do something and then that's when we hear from them.
0: Cortez Radio's lip-syncs are like that too. A number are on the verge of being cancelled then, then a full roster showed up at rehearsal night.
1: <laughs> right. yeah. Yeah. Well, and we do, in fact, I can remember across a number of years I've been on the involved in the board for 20 years and plenty of conversations about saying, well then, we're not going to have a show with six people. And then all of a sudden it turns out to be the most popular one so
2: far. So... And what we're hoping is that people who've been reluctant to exhibit their work will step forward this time, whether they're practicing artists or closet artists, to have some new work in that hasn't been seen. It's always fun to see the people who submit a piece or several pieces every year for a member show and either their consistency or their evolution as artists. I particularly am interested in what you might say emerging artists or closet artists who would be willing to have their work seen by the rest of us.
1: I agree with that. And to your initial question, what's so special about this show? I'm really hoping that it has that kind of encouragement and permission that it's like it's for us. It's not about going through a selection committee and having your work have to be approved and having to sign a contract and it's none of that it's like let me know if you want to piece in the show and do it and or two I, pieces or two pieces you can find information on Tideline. there are posters it should be up or well, will be up soon we are absolutely receiving two pieces per artist but back to your original comment, we never know how many we're getting and so we do reserve the right to say everyone will have one piece shown. If there are simply too many pieces to accommodate then we'll show one per artist instead of two. But we we are encouraging two submissions. And so far of the three people who have responded, I've gotten two submissions from each one. <laughs> We have six pieces now, seven counting line. Okay. I mentioned a little earlier about artist statements, and I want to say a little bit about that also because they can feel in a more professional context off-putting. I'm supposed to write about my work. I just paint. I don't want to write about it. And in my experience, that's not what an artist statement does. It's like the best description I've ever heard is that an artist's statement is like the artist standing next to the work, helping you look at it. The artist is not standing in front of the work with their words, trying to explain it to you. Art shouldn't need to be explained. And each person who looks at a piece will have their own engagement, their own story, their own memories, and their own emotional wisdom that emerges from it. And that's as it should be. But if I take a few sentences to say, here's what I was experiencing, or here's where this came from, or this is a real diversion from the work I usually do, and this is how come, it helps you give a context to what you're looking at when you look at my work. And so artist statements at their best are short and simple and in plain language, And then they become, I think, really, um, they become a really beautiful kind of window into what the artist is experiencing when they do the work. So I'm hoping, we're asking that artists who submit work for the exhibition also send me an artist statement. And there is an example attached to the Tidelines call for work Uh, that is just an example of some things to include in an artist statement or not. It's just an an online attachment that if emerging or young or closet artists don't have experience with that, they can go look at that and and get some ideas for how to write one.
2: One thing I'm most interested in is a couple of, must have been last year's AGM or the one before, because I've just been on the board for uh, not quite two years. And... All the rest of the five or six six board members have been there for a long, long time. And Kristen gave a presentation called How to Look at Art. And so we're going to bring that into this member show because very often people go to a, a show and will go, I like this, I don't like that. I like the color, I don't like that. And art has nothing to do with personal preference. Maybe it is if you're going to buy a piece and take it home. But it's about, related to the artist statements, what is this person experiencing? What are they endeavoring to portray? What kind of contribution does this make to our society? And th- so there's some various... Fa- is it five specific... No, four. four specific questions or perspectives to take when looking at art. So we may... Post those in the gallery to give people a way to engage with the work in a deeper, more thoughtful way than just cruising through and choosing their preferences. And I love this as a, a kind of a an example of how to be in society these days, which you know Western society is it's all about your preference. And how about there are no preferences? How about we are simply in a, a state of equanimity about what's happening. I don't mean caring deeply. We care deeply but in a non-reactive way so there's a kind of Buddhist back page to that.
1: What the the process does and, and I taught at the Nova Scotia College of Art and Design for a fair number of years and one of the things that we did of course every week is critique work and I also because I was in the art education division taught how to critique work. So what these four steps do is actually hold your preference in abeyance. What you're trying to do is hold that judgment back. And the very first question is, you're looking at a piece, and it it sounds simplistic, it's actually quite profound. You say, what is this? It's like, what is it physically I'm in, in the presence of? paint, wood is it on the wall is it off the wall, is it bigger than me is it little tiny what are its physical qualities Mm -hmm. and quite often when we're first looking at work we don't even take in kind of the physical presence of what we're seeing and if we slow ourselves down and literally describe that to ourselves we often discover that oh not only is it big but it's so big I have to back way up over there to see it all Mm -hmm. so now I'm in a very different spatial relationship with this piece and if I walk up close I can't see it all I can only take in parts so that creates right there a different set of information it's like what am I looking at what's this Mm -hmm. is the first question And the second question is, it sounds odd. It's like, how come? Why is it so big? Or why is it only out of these three colors? Uh, Why does it have that texture? So almost immediately when we ask, how come is it like it is? If the first question is, what's this? And the second question is, how come it's like that? We find ourselves in a more traditional art conversation around art qualities. And we're talking about texture and balance and color relationships and those things that we tend to associate with an art class. But they kind of emerge naturally because we're saying, okay, it's a painting. How come they chose that? What's this about? So that second question is about the work's kind of visual art presence and the third question is what was the artist up to where's his or her statement what's the title oh oh that really gets me in there so now you're looking the viewers looking for a way in that third question how does the artist want me to be with this work how am i getting in in terms of what did the artist mean? And of course, at that third stage, that's entirely assumption. You don't necessarily have the artist standing right there. And the work needs to stand on its own. No work should have to be explained in order to be understood. But that's the place you've described the work to yourself physically. You've looked at its art properties and qualities. And now you're saying, what does the artist want me to know about it? The fourth, which sounds kind of odd, sounds kind of harsh, is where you say, so what? What is it about this? Does it teach me something? Now you get to say, do I like it? Do I have some kind of emotional connection to it? Does it bring me to a kind of larger view about something? So that fourth step is actually where you allow your now informed personal preference to emerge. And quite often, I've gone through this process with lots of people, and quite often you're looking at a work, and by the time you get to that fourth stage, you realize people will say, hmm, I don't normally like work like this, but this is really interesting because of this and this, or the very fact that it confronts me, or the very fact that it reminds me of work my grandmother did you know it's it's like uh, I have a reflection about myself that I didn't have before so that preference actually now is serving some larger awareness.
0: You've been listening to Kristen Schofield Sweet and Orion Lee Johnston talk about the art show What Matters Most at the Old Schoolhouse Gallery from 2 to 6 p.m. Thursdays to Sundays September 10th to 20th. This is Roy Hales with Cortez Currents. Goodbye.